everyone to another episode review of token rambles podcast your source of all token rambu game anime stage musical and merchandising news uh if you want to know more about us you can follow us at token rambles podcast on our podbean youtube twitter and facebook and we just recently added um made a discord open to everyone so if you want to interact with us more join our discord at discord.me slash token rambles um, everything will be listed in the description below. All right. So we have a special podcast uh, review of the most recent um, musical that has been released on DMM, which was Sumonodomo uh, Particles Escaping Me. You may know the ato. There we go. Yes. Okay. Um, and we'll be kind of discussing all of our thoughts and expectations about the musical. So uh, I'm your host, Marissa, and with me, I have uh, our co-host and the one in charge of the musical and stage reviews. Uh, we have Jesse. Hey. And uh, once again, joining us is the wonderful Alexi. Hello. And uh, our Disney princess for the night trapped in the car, Sarah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> so I am going to pass the reins on to Jessie because she has a little more extensive knowledge into translating these musicals, as I only understand about 60% of it. Uh, I'll mention some of the oopsie diddles of trying to translate and has an extensive knowledge about the uh, Genpei Wars, which is the main um, historical time frame of this. So, Jesse, if you want to go ahead and start. All right. So, as Marissa said, welcome to the review podcast for Suomoro Domo Ga Yume no Ato. We're going to go over what exactly this musical is about with a brief synopsis so that those who have no idea what's happening in this one will have a general idea before we start. Um, we're going to go over what we each thought was going to take place from what we had seen clips of beforehand, just pre-expectations. We're going to talk about the things that we liked most about it, maybe things that we didn't like. There were those parts too. Songs, scenes, characters, moments, so many wonderful things in this one that we can't wait to talk about. As we don't have any subtitles for this yet, if there were any questions that came out from watching this, because we all watched it separately, then we'll talk about those questions and I'll do my best to have those answered. And we'll have our overall opinion of the musical as we wrap up. So, diving right in. Tsuomonodomo ga Yume no Ato focuses on the Minamoto brothers Yoshitsune and Yoritomo during the Genpei Wars. The retrograde army has their focus on both of them, so the token danshi must split up to ensure protection of both sides. 
In the citadel, Higekiri and Hizamaru have manifested. The master and Iwatoshi are concerned about what this means, per, means for Imanotsurugi. Mikazuki has become even more aloof, and this also concerns the master. Imanotsurugi becomes captain, and the unit sets off. So, what were some of our expectations going into this musical? Let's start with Alexi. Um, going into this, I, I, I just expected pain, to be honest. I didn't think too much about it, except uh, I saw some nice, wonderful clips of my favorite song, Ikan Wambusai 2017. So I was getting really excited for that. But other than that, I didn't really know what else to expect other than that. And apparently, G- I saw a lot of posts on Tumblr about Gigi not being as like carefree as we think he is. And I was like, oh no, oh, oh no. But other than that, I really didn't have anything that I was really expecting from it other than pain. Marissa? Uh, I, similar to Lexi, I didn't really have an opinion of this musical. Uh, I'm not a huge big person on social media, but some of the stuff that I was seeing and Jesse and Sarah were sending me, I was seeing um, a lot of cute pictures of uh, Yoshitsune posing with uh, Hizamaru and Iwano Tsurugi, and it made me, like, super like pumped to see kind of that relationship and kind of seeing that and also him uh Yoshitsune in his actual ridiculous armor <laughs> getting more historically accurate and getting more into the politics I was kind of hoping to get into because the uh, Atsukashiyama was a weird post thing it it didn't really get too much into the actual history because history had changed in that one at that point uh like drastically in this one they really were um actually trying to keep it set so uh that um and then i think most of what i what ex- was expecting was some of the songs from chingen Musai. uh you can easily tell which ones were probably their live songs and which ones were songs that were in the musical but other than that they really didn't do too many of the songs that gave plot points away kind of interesting, uh, which was smart of Shinkan Rambusai, considering Suwonodomo sandwiched it. Uh, but other than that, I was expecting, like Alexi, um, pain and a bit more of a wrap-up to uh, Atsukashiyama. But before mine, Sarah, I know you had a little bit more beforehand knowledge, perhaps, from the Tumblr-verse. Why don't you share a bit? <laughs> oh, and one second. Yeah, I'm, so as before going on, um, as they mentioned before, I am in a car recording because I don't actually have Wi-Fi at my house. So weird noises. Hopefully Ryan, our fabulous person, will help me with this. Okay, so, so yeah. As Jesse mentioned, um, I live on the Tumblr. <laughs> uh, so actually back when it first came out, one of my favorite people who I follow on Tumblr had gone to see... Suomonodomo in person. So here I was just casually scrolling through and they're like, review of Suomonodomo, spoilers ahead. And my genius self was like, 
I'm going to just click because I want the pictures. So I kind of, I tried not to read all of it because I did want to save some for myself. But I did get a little bit of an idea of what was going on, which helps because I don't know any Japanese, actually. Um, I know yes, no, and uh, general basics of this person and that person. So it's very helpful for me to at least have some sort of basis. So I actually, I went in knowing that because he was up to something, he was trying to meddle. And that technically I knew he was doing it for the better good. Better good, if that even makes sense. But I didn't really know how or why or what even the situation fully was. And so I actually also knew that something was going on with, oh, excuse me, with Amano. Uh, but again, had no idea what that was, what was going on really. So I came in with some background knowledge, which was <laughs> immensely helpful. But of course, Gigi managed to stump me the entire time because Gigi is Gigi. But yes, it was beautiful though. So I was pleasantly surprised by everything and it was enjoyable. So yeah, that's what I came in with. I left with a lot more than I expected. A lot of questions and and yes, that was my that was me. Awesome. Me going into it, I was sent part of that same post. I love you. Thanks, Sarah. I um, love you. <laughs> or at least bits. And I was really confused for a bit because I thought going into it that Kogitsune Maru was going to be the captain. And some of the gifts that people have shared made it really seem like that. Um, I really didn't know what to expect going in. Just from seeing the pictures on Twitter, yeah, I saw that it was going to be Yoshitsune and Yoritomo and Higekiri and Hisa, and so I figured there would be some Genji feels in there. But I wasn't sure exactly sure how to take it. The Sanjo crew isn't exactly one of my favorites, so I was Ouch. kind of apprehensive about it. Like I said, they aren't exactly my favorites, but I love them all. So it's 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 kind of problematic. But yeah, I was really excited in general just to see where it was going to go. Since one of our lovely members couldn't be here, I'm going to share a little bit about what she thought too going in. Because she, she also watched it, but because of Mother's Day shenanigans, she is spending time with her family. And we love her and we want her opinions to be shared as well. So her expectations were that Imano Tsurugi was going to struggle with this previous master and accepting the fact that he has to experience it a second time because he, yeah, the whole Yoshitsune thing was a whole lovely point of Atsukashiyama. If you have not seen that, I highly recommend you watch that first. But if not first, then you're completely fine. So moving from the expectations, one of my Going into the favorites, what did you like about it? What song scene stood out to you the most? Because for me, like I mentioned with Kogitsune, honestly, like he had some of my favorite parts. But I'll get to those in a few minutes. Who wants to start this time? Let's go with Alexi again. Well, my favorite parts were the duet between Hizamaru and Higakiri and their little in little introductions with the yayas cuz you know Naki is my boy and whenever i hear yaya i it hits my soul 
Um, <laughs> another thing, like another one of my favorites, because I was like, what part is actually my favorite? I think this one is actually truly my favorite. Was um, Higekiri acting like Gigi as a proxy um, yes. between Gigi <laughs> and Kogi's fight? Because I I don't know. Um, after watching the musical, I have a newfound love for this power couple plus Genji Cyclone babies. They are a family now, and anyone can fight me on it, but it's true. That scene kind of confused me at first. I was like, what is he doing? And then as um, Kogitsune Maru goes to like to actually address Mikazuki and uh you just see Kiyakiri go no 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 Mimi like I'm pretending to be him because and then you're like okay he's he's being Kiyakiri and trying to be Mika just like this precious considering he kind of came to the realization throughout the entire thing and probably didn't even tell he's a Maru it was just like I'm Kiyakiri I figured it out Ding! <laughs> How smart are you, child? That whole scene is definitely in my list of top scenes. Um, just the fight leading up to it with Kogitsune Maru and Mikazuki being such a major confrontation and then being interrupted by Sunshine Higekiri, who just doesn't really seem like he should know what's <laughs> happening because of how fluffy his character seems. Exactly. But then he, yeah, then he actually knows all and acts as a proxy because he sees himself in Mika, in Mikazuki. That's, he's like, oh, we're so much alike. So if I were doing this, this is what I would think is happening. This is why I would act this way. So, Kogitsune Maru, Talk to me like I'm Mikazuki. We can do this. I'll explain. Yes. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'll actually agree, because this was actually... The same scene was my actual favorite scene as well. Because I initially had no idea what the dialogue was, but just watching you go from the beautiful clash of Mikazuki and Kogitsune Maru and their colors is what always fascinate me, is the blue and gold contrast. So watching them swirling across the stage... Only to all of a sudden, boom, there is Higakiri. And just the entire comedic, adorable scene just killed me. And I was in, I made the mistake of watching that musical, this part of the musical in public and may or may not have nearly fallen out of my seat at one, more than one time. So it's fine. But yes, I love that scene so much. One of my favorite moments was when, um, near the beginning, when Kogis Nemaru had confronted Mikazuki, just in the Citadel, just like, oh, what are you doing here? You need to be headed to do your field work. And Mika, like, starts to scuttle off stage because he successfully distracted Kogis Nemaru. Being like, you know, if you worry too much, your hair's gonna fall out. You're gonna lose all of your hair. And Kogitsune just grabs his hair and strokes, and he's like, just like you said, it's really important to take care of your hair. And then he runs after Mika because he realized, <laughs> it's like, I'm not gonna let you escape your fieldwork. Come back. <laughs> um, 
But most of my favorite scenes actually revolve around Kogitsune and Mika because there's another part where Kogitsune is just always trying to find Mikazuki and stop what he's doing because he's always sneaking off or whatever. And when they split up, Mika and Kogi get put on different teams. But Kogi immediately goes against this and he's like, why are we not together? Why are we not in the same group? And Mikazuki's instant reaction is to turn away in a most shocked voice and say, Are you actually my master, Kogitsune Maru? Causing the entire crowd and all of the swords to like just laugh and be like, Yeah, no. But they, they get on each other's nerves so much at this point, and it, it kind of cracks me up. It's a little painful, but it's also adorable. Hearing that line translated, the, are you my master? Just probably is making every single Mika Kogi shipper squee with utter and sheer delight at how just adorable that scene is. So. And he mentions it so many times throughout it because Kogi's just trying to keep tabs on him. And Mika's like, are you my master? You can stop now. You're not my master. But are you my master? I still oh, say... Yeah drinking game anytime you hear Mikazuki Dono which do not encourage drinking on because I know underage people play this game but if you did you would be drunk in probably 10 minutes because constantly just Mikazuki Dono Mikazuki Munechika Dono and then those few times you just hear Kogitsune Maru Dono it's precious uh I'm gonna kind of go away from the Mika Kogi moments for my favorite scene mine was the uh, kind of when everyone's singing about the events of the Genpei War and just that awesome scene of events going down on the main floor while the swords are kind of up in that uh, the stair rock formation thing while they have uh, the projectors behind them projecting the events in kind of the very stylized painting forms that you've kind of seen so i really enjoyed that one the song was incredible completely agree that song was fantastic and my heart was so happy that entire entire scene um as they were playing through the genpei wars oh because they went battle by battle with what yoshitsune did with what benke did and they even included the the battle at Yashima with Yoichi, the archer, the famous archer. And actually, a lot of the really good archers in anime today or in works today are named Yoichi because of that specific historical figure. So the fact that they included him in that, too, I was really excited for. And just, just this oh. song was so pretty. Yeah. I have a question about that scene. Because yes. obviously he's this famous archer. Uh, why exactly was he aiming for the fan on top of the pole that the lady was carrying? That I didn't understand. That I don't quite get either, to be honest. I don't remember that bit in anything that I've come across. Um, maybe it was a test to show his marksmanship and maybe he was 
it was symbolic of him hitting someone instead of just a fan. <sighs> that part, I don't know as much about the Battle of Yashima as I should. I just know more about the overall premise of the wars itself, unfortunately. Also, the fact during that scene, Imano Surugi is playing um, sen. It's a some kind of. It's a lute. It's a lute. It's a Japanese lute. Um, and it was cute that he was the one playing it the entire playing it. Air quotes around playing because he really wasn't, but playing it during that entire scene. So. Yes. The song was kind of haunting, too, in a way. It reminded me of a, a more depressed uh, version of uh, Kazagunama from the previous musical, just that uh, passage of time kind of thing. Mm. It was more intense. It really was more intense. And it had a, uh, oh, what's that form of musical style? You hear it in null theater. Um, but they had that kind of that style of singing that you heard in Kokitsune Maru's song at the very beginning of the, the musical, which I find interesting that now they've gone away from, hey, first song in the musical is this rendition of Token Rambu. Instead, it's you get the introduction, and then as soon as they head off onto battle, then you get uh, the Token Rambu theme. To introduce everything because we had uh Dugimo Show as our first song from the previous musical which kind of threw me off but this one didn't throw me off as much but at the same time kind of did because all of a sudden you're hearing Cookies and Amaro just like kind of whale scream sing it's <laughs> <laughs> like warble like thing yeah it's that that warbling <laughs> I, I it's the more traditional it. style of singing. Like, yep. it's from the traditional performance styles. I honestly love that because it stays true to the era that the swords are from. Like, the because all of that was being formed during the Heian Zidai, which is when all of these swords came from. And, yeah... Especially with Kogi's song, how it started out with that. I loved, I was really curious, to be honest, Marissa, how you were going to handle the Token Rambu thing being song number five mm -hmm. in this, as opposed to it being the third song in Mihotose and the first song in the first two. Because I know you really struggled with that with Mihotose. <laughs> it just threw me off because they had Token Rambu as the first song for both trial and Atsuka Shiyama and Bakaten and then all of a sudden in Miyotose it's like rock ballad thing with Nuki Masho and you're like oh why are we seeing Sengo first this is a really interesting lead up and then this one was like oh it's the Kogi song that I heard from Shinken Rambusai not as totally thrown off because I heard this song already uh but at the same time, I was like, okay, we're probably not going to get Token Rambu until much later uh, when it actually is kind of more necessary for plot instead of just, hey, it's the intro song, then plot. 
Alexi, Sarah, did either of y'all have a favorite songish type thing from the home pen? Um, I know I died whenever Higa and Hisa did their duet again because that was a beautiful song in Shinkan and then seeing it again here where it was originally performed. And I did have a fun moment when I was watching it to notice that how they'd had to change the moves since this stage is so much smaller than Shinkan. So you know they had a pause in the middle. And all I could imagine the entire time was thinking, they learned this one routine, broke it, had to learn different per- parts to it, came back, had cut out different moves, but it's still so beautiful. And just listening to them, they like Miura and Akira pair so well, their voices do. And the fact that both of them are just flipping and spinning around stage kills me every single time. In a good way, in a good way. Yes. I just remembered the. I, f- I remembered it's called Inca. It's the type of traditional uh, Japanese style of singing. That's what it's ah, called. the Inca one. I, I knew it had a. I knew it had ka in there somewhere. <laughs> there <laughs> Found it. It's that warbly yes. bit that you get from an old theater. Alexi. Hi. Yeah, I'm. I was waiting. I I didn't want to interrupt. Um. My. Well, Kogi song, which when I first heard it, when I first saw She Can Rombo Side 2017, I was like, I don't know why this song is so different, but it hits my soul and it's one of my favorites. Like, hands down, one of my favorites. So seeing that again, literally singing along with it in the middle of the living room. And my mom being like, oh, no, not that song again, because she wasn't particularly fond of it when I showed it to her, when I showed her She Can Rombo Side, but that's a different story. Um, I was getting really excited about that. Of course, um, I was super excited for Higa, Kiri, and Hizamaru to do their little duet, um, literally to the point of watching clips of it on Instagram over and over and over again before even watching it and then being excited there. Imano singing the song from the first musical, which was my favorite song from the first musical. It's like, yes, yes, baby, sing, sing the song, sing the good song, and yeah, that that basically sums up my happiness from the very beginning of the musical, actually. Oh. Imano's version of Nagoritsuki was beautiful he when he sang it and finished it Mika appeared and he mentioned that he knew this song and even I was like yeah I rem- I was taught it Iwatoshi taught it to me and he's like oh yes but Iwatoshi's version had a lot more agony to it apparently than um, Imano Tsurugi's version. And I thought that was really interesting that Mikazuki could pick that out. And then angry Iwatoshi really pretty- in the wing, glaring at Mika oh. for telling Imano about that, just ripped my heart to pieces. Yeah. Angry Iwatoshi. Angry Iwatoshi is a, is a special, special cookie. And he needs a really, really big hug. With his Tonto companion near. 
Yes, with his Tonto companion near. He he's just so stressed over poor Imano Tsurugi. Um, for those that don't know, Iwatoshi and Imano Tsurugi are more swords of legend than fact. They live in history because they live in legend. We don't actually have their real blades. Like we have Higekiri. Like we have Mikazuki. And so Imano Tsurugi does not know this. Iwatoshi knows this. And when he's a modern Higekiri manifest and they are both blades that belong to the Genji clan, the Minamoto clan. Iwatoshi's senses instantly get triggered. Like, I have no memory of this sword that supposedly belonged to Yoshitsune, just like Imano Tsurugi belonged to Yoshitsune. This is not good. And he becomes a little bit self-aware and more than self-aware as he fears for Imano Tsurugi realizing that something's off and someone might not exist and yeah um it it brought a whole bit of pain as that in enveloped throughout the musical especially as the musical possess progressed possessed possessed as it possessed (laughs) but Surprisingly, my favorite songs, like favorite songs that get stuck in my head, favorite songs, come from Mikazuki, which is really surprising to me because I really actually didn't like Mikazuki from the first musical on. I His voice just kind of bothered me a lot. And especially from the review of Shinken Rambo, if y'all remember. My um, lovely picking on poor Mario and picking on poor Mika. That yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but he he really really grew on me this one, and all of his songs were beautiful. And yet, I don't actually really remember his songs. Except I remember him dancing around with a lotus flower and went, there's symbolism behind this lotus flower. I know there is. <laughs> there's something behind this. But most of the songs I even re- remotely remember are from the very beginning up until like Token Ramu and then the final song. That was about it. They really pushed most of the songs kind of in that beginning half. And then most of the songs later on were really only Mika singing, or they were like a duet. Yeah, and they were really, really pretty Mika songs. To be fair, though, I have kind of watched this pretty much, I think I've had it on every day this week. And we re-rented it Sunday. And it is now Saturday. Yep. I would have watched it more if my VPN was not being a turd. That yeah, is a- it's the, the Mika songs were also kind of painful. Um, Mikazuki, being the meddler that he decided to be, sang his songs as he was talking to 
the historical figures talking to Yasuhira. This is when we got the first song and talking to Yoritomo later on. Do we want to discuss the Mika meddling now or in a little bit? I think now's actually a really good time to do so since we've been talking about Mika for a while and just kind of fair floating around what he has done during this <laughs> entire thing. Right. So Mika being the fleety little meddler that he is had noticed that the historical figures weren't exactly acting like he knew them to have been in history. During the Genpei Wars, to start with, Yoshitsune and Yoritomo were in separate locations because they they got sent there due to a rebellion caused by their father. So Yoshitsune was in Kurama in Kyoto and Yoritomo was in Kamakura. And Yoshitsune, uh, he wanted to help his brother in, as he heard that, he, that Yoritomo was building an army to go against the Taira clan, which was the current ruling family. And he then worked to get to his brother. So that's why the group had to split up, because when they started, they hadn't met yet, and they needed to keep them both safe finally came together, Yasuhira was the last human figure to see off Yoshitsune. And Yasuhira really, really, really wanted to follow Yoshitsune. But in history, he didn't. So Mikazuki had to stop him. That at least is how Mikazuki saw it. He, someone had to step in and stop him from doing that. And later on, he also talked to Yasuhira as he wanted to support Yoshitsune more. And we get another really pretty song. And Mikazuki just really likes to share the actual, share the flow of history with people, apparently, as he <laughs> sees fit. He does the same with Yoritomo, which has a great segue into it, as Kikikiri doesn't have much of a memory as he often forgets his brother's name, as he often forgets his own name and the names of the people he's with. But he suddenly remembers a scene involving Yoritomo, his former master, and Mikazuki Munechika, as Mikazuki had to give Yoritomo a reason to not let Yoshitsune come back to Kamakura after winning the Genpei Wars. Because in history, that's when they had their big falling out. And for those that saw Atsukashiyama, you know that they weren't together at the end of the war. They, they had been separated, and Yoshitsune was not on good terms with Yoritomo. So Mikazuki had to give Yoritomo reason, even though Yoritomo was really excited to have his brother back even though Yoshitsune was really excited to get back to his brother. Someone had to do the dirty work, and Mikazuki saw it fit that he didn't have to tell anyone that he was going to do it. But his songs to do so were probably my favorite part. One of the sad things about, if you think about it, I was, I was going at the end when you were summarizing that whole 
thing. I was like, why exactly was Mika doing it? Because I could kind of guess, but at the same time, I was confused, like, why those um, historical moments weren't actually happening because of the jealousy um, placed in Yoritomo and a little bit of the jealousy in Yasuhira as well. Uh, you notice Mika really only talks to Yasuhira and Yoritomo and does not ever mess with Yoshitsune because in towards the even in his last moments, he still cared about his brother and wanted and looked up to him and he felt betrayed. And it made sense why Mika didn't need to affect Yoshitsune because he stayed, cons his character stayed consistent. She, he just had to affect the other two that were a little too happy in the end. Mikazuki is also a really good supporter though. Um, we saw Iwatoshi struggling with everything, right? And then Mikazuki hovering and being like, oh, yeah, but you know, kindness has all different kinds of forms and there are different ways to be helpful. And so they, he takes Iwatoshi and shows him a scene of Yoshitsune and Benke, of Yoshitsune and Benke on the run as they come into contact with two people in the, or not two people, but an official and guards in a certain area. And they have to get, they're trying to just pass through, but they wouldn't be let through because despite them having taken on different names and going on the ruse of uh, being Yamabushi, being the wandering monks that they should have been let through, but he looked too much like Yoshitsune to be allowed to do so. And Benke, being the smart one that he is, <laughs> thought the way to prove that he was not Yoshitsune was to turn and attack the poor guy and make a big scene about how much trouble he's always causing because he looks so much like Yoshitsune and how it's all his fault and he can't do this anymore and he's just tired of it all. And poor Iwatoshi is watching his former master beat up his beloved companion and just the pain of that scene in general was very moving. That scene had me messaging Jesse actually. Uh, with many screams of, why is Benke doing this? What is happening? What is going on? It was a very painful scene just to watch. Like, I could not imagine how it must have hurt Iwatoshi just from how much pain it brought us just watching it because you know how connected they are and how dear they find each other. So just seeing that was painful. Yeah, also, um. uh, the bit about like him beating him up if you notice at the very beginning Iwatoshi for some odd reason starts like I think he enacts like he has a vision of that scene and goes to like hit Imano Sudugi and he stops I think that's what happens I'm not really certain but it really paralleled oh you just got it <laughs> so so that they, that tied in with the beginning they did such a good job with setting this whole musical up um, I caught they some introduced... you did it. <laughs> no, they, they did it so well because they didn't, it wasn't a vision so much as practice. 
Ihotoshi and Imanotsurugi are trying to put together this like mini performance about Benke and Yoshitsune and their their travels and such and battles and fun times and not so fun times as that scene is in there too. And yeah, they but Iwatoshi could not bring it upon himself to take on that act. He couldn't bring it in find it in him to hit Imanotsurugi like that, like his former master did to Yoshitsune. Low-key, I did not pick up on that, so I'm just sitting here reeling in surprise because that was just, huh. It makes so much more sense now, and my brain is just dead. So yes, please ignore me while I continue to die. To be fair, I didn't know that was an actual scene until it got to Yoshitsune and Benkei later on. In- yeah, I didn't catch it until I saw Benkei um start doing that and I well I actually I noticed the sticks were the same ones that they had in the little backpack so I was like okay that just could be like double use of props and then he starts hitting him and you see the you see Yoshitsune nodding like Benke this is the only way um and Benke struggling to hit land that first blow and he's just crying uh throughout all of this because he doesn't want to hit him because he's his master and he respects him too much. She's like, nope, I am not okay with this scene at all, but I'm actually really happy they included it. And a lot of the musicals have become a lot darker and like, that is like dark gimmicky wise. Like the first one was a little gimmicky with the darkness, like Jisune being taken over and becoming evil. Um, but it really shows how dark of a time the like the Genpei Wars time, like this time period in Japan was. Like it was just it was harsh. And we saw that with uh I think Bakuten as well. You see a little bit more of that with the Shinsengumi. And I cannot wait to see how dark uh the current musical that's ongoing <laughs> is because I have watched Hakuoki, and there are too many feels when they leave Kyoto and start pretty much losing everything. So they're both the musicals and the stage have been just hitting us so much with emotions that I can't contain. Indeed. Agreed. All the yes and out. Agreed 1,000. Uh, Alexi, how did you feel about that Benkei scene? Benkei Yoshitsune scene? So, like... Okay, um... Thinking back on that day, that, that, that eventful day that I had when I was like, okay, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna watch it. I had to get up at 3 a.m. that day. Um, yeah, like I do almost every day. It was painful because my sleep schedule was still destroyed. So I started watching the musical and then I like was like, I, I have to stop you right here, Hige Katie. I know you're talking about siblings or brothers, or at least I think you were with my like 2% comprehension ability. Make it negative three when I'm like half awake and falling asleep to you guys talking and not really doing anything other than talking. And then I woke up a few hours later and I was watching and I was texting Sarah and... <laughs> Ooh, 
who I was screaming at like what was it like maybe one or two a.m. about yeah, this? Yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I was not happy. I'm like, why are you doing this to the baby? Can you like not? I don't approve of this. It it was just a lot of cap locks and being upsetty. And there was no spaghetti there to make it any better. It was just pain. It was just pain and agony and I had to stop. I literally paused it for like three minutes and I cried. And then I unpaused it and then I continued. I have never loved the Kostin humming sticker more than I did during that scene, I think. <laughs> Which one? Yep. The one where Kostin's just humming, so, like, whenever you're trying to not give away anything, you're just like, ha-ha, da-di-da-di-da. Perfect sticker. Yeah, it's a it's a great sticker for that, that one. That one, yeah. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um... Small, one of her favorite moments, well, basically she said any moment Higekiri was on scene was her favorite part. Because um, he's such an oddball and added such a comedic relief. And she loved all of the Higekiri and Hizamaru songs. Yeah. But like, I, I have to point this out because real MVP, in my personal opinion, was Higekiri. But like... Hisamaru was there, but I think I can count on my fingers how many times he was on the screen and said something. <laughs> and I was like, mm, it's okay, baby. I'm glad that you're healthy and well. It's okay, <laughs> Hisamaru. You're going to get your chance. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, he was like, oh, it's okay. He was kind of the Kogi of this film, like this one, because Kogi had next to no role in... Atsukashiyama. Like, he was very small. Like, there was, I was like, why is Kogi here? Just to fill out the Sanjo crew. That's about it. Uh, so, hopefully, we get Kisa in another musical and he gets more love and character. I love Kisa so much. <laughs> he, um, yeah, he, his lines here and there were just really precious. He tried to talk to Imanotsurugi at one point, and he was like, wait, never mind. It's nothing. And then he turned around, he's like, it's not nothing. It's not nothing. Mikazuki isn't here anymore. And but the way he says it in Japanese is really funny. Yeah. I just can't translate it right, because that kind of humor doesn't really translate. Not very well for me, at least. No. Yeah. Um... He's like, Nandemonai. Nandemonako wa nai. No. It's not, a, it's nothing. It's not nothing. Doesn't feel this. But then he's, he's like, he keeps calling me Katsuki the free one. The free one. G U Jean, the free one. And they all chase after Kogitsune and Mikatsuki because they aren't there anymore. And he realizes, Everyone aside from him is just so floaty and free and out there. And he just has that moment of realization that he is different. And he's like, but it's not like I'm not, though. And then he does a little backflip off the stage. Well, that's what that was. <laughs> I have that scene recorded. Yeah. Stuff. 
<laughs> oh lord, child. Yes. He needs a hug. So he's, a, he's as well loved, and yes, he needs the hug indeed. Poor, poor baby is probably I will say the. He's still quirky in his own ways, but when it comes to all of the old swords, be it the Sanjo, uh, Sanjo swords, Ukuisumaru, uh, Sumaru, <laughs> he's like the calmest, and he's like, "How am I related with these guys? Like, how are we from the same time period? They're a bunch of weirdos who just sit on the porch with their feet in a bucket of water, drinking <laughs> tea in the middle of summer. Like, how?" I'm just going to go over here with Ichini, who I could probably have a conversation with. I'm going to settle over to the middle ground group and <laughs> just talk with them. Yeah. That's Hizamaru. Petition to give Hizamaru new lines that don't say Anija and like every other word. <laughs> Yeah. I think we found his quirkiness. It just wasn't in actions. It's just in, like, how he is. He has a brother complex. Yeah, he does. But we love him for it. Oh, Anita. Anita. When so there's one last scene in the musical. Oh, yeah. There's one last scene in the musical, and it's a song, and it is the song for the musical. And any thoughts on that? As Yoshitsune and Benke flee off into the wilderness. To the north, to Hokkaido. Yes, to to the north, to Hokkaido, to where they then in turn inspire the Ainu. And that's a whole nother history rant. Yep. Yeah. Just say Jesse and I were, well, Jesse saw it before me and... I was just messaging Jesse and Sarah towards the end, and I was like, Jesse, they're living. They're not actually dying. Like, Mika's letting them go. They're going to Hokkaido. And Jesse was like, I know. And I was like, yes, this, this actually, I'm really happy that they're kind of playing off of the myth a little bit again. So, just yay. side note, because everyone was messaging someone while watching this. You're not wrong. Except me. <laughs> Except me, because I watched it first, and I couldn't watch it with anyone, and I hate it, and I have decided I don't care what time it is. I don't care when it is. Whenever we watch something new, I refuse to watch it alone. You were spamming me when I was going to my high school. <laughs> I, that was, but... That was, I had to keep it spoiler free. I had to keep it spoiler free. Do you know I how mean, hard that was? I mean, Flashback you could have done what Sarah did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sitting in the classroom and I'm like, oh, um, what is this nice things? <laughs> I called myself. It was only like six or seven messages and I'm like, wait, this is not, this is not Jesse. This is the Alexi. This is not who I'm messaging. Was it the sticker that gave it away? Because I sent yeah. you a sticker that said, when I get home, I will finally watch it. Yeah, that, that sticker kind of was like, wait, it says it says Karba, which is my nickname for Jesse on my phone. It says Karba, but it's not, it, it's, it's definitely not. And then I was like, wait, fix the screen. Oh, 
oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. So, yeah. You're like, okay. ignore this. Ignore this all. You will see it all eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was I the last to see it? I think it was like me and um, small, uh, small, yeah, small as well. Yeah. So that that scene, I I was so excited. They were going off to the north, and that song was beautiful. And Imanotsurugi, just all of the feels. Considering he saw his master die again in Atsugashiyama. And this time actually gets to see him and Ben K go live happily away from everything. So Yeah, but his pain feels. for his feels for that didn't stem quite so much from that, I think. Um Oh, it was the when he goes to talk to Yoshitsune and he makes mention of his name and Yoshitsune's like, Okay. And even if Yi at that point just knows. Okay, he, I don't yeah. exist because he would have been like, oh, that's the same name as my dagger right here. And you'd be like, he'd acknowledge it. And now it's just like, okay. Yeah, Great. he says his name and he, you know, he's like, oh, that's a nice name. And Imanotsurugi turns away because he knows he can't look him in the face. And he goes, have you heard this name before? And Yoshitsune goes, nope, don't know it at all, but I'll never forget it even after I die. And that's when Imanotsurugi dies. Crashes, not dies, but crashes and burns. Ouch. Oh, ooh, ooh. Um, ouch. Uh, Those are two different things, but both very painful. I would like to reconsider and withdraw that statement. <laughs> His heart goes through a major conflict then. Is that okay? He dies emotionally. Yeah. Yes, he dies emotionally. In which we are all Imano Surugi. Secretly, we are all him. <laughs> I was Imano yes. the entire musical. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? There was a part where um, Yoshitsune was um, jumping up and down. And I was like... <laughs> that scene? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I oh. know where the boy got it from. Look at him right there. That's him. It's the boat yeah. hopping. <laughs> the boat hopping. He's recounting his boat hopping. He's practicing telling his brother this. And he's like, and then just hoing and bounces and bounces. And then Benke, meant, Benke says one thing. And it like just alerts him to his presence. But he's like, hold on, I'm getting to the good part. And he suddenly stops. He's like, how long have you been there? How long have you been watching me? <laughs> and I love it so much. So after the painful departure in song, we go back to the Citadel, which I was completely thankful for. I was honestly about to just like throw my device if it ended with that song. Thoughts on the final Citadel scenes? Good boys, good boys. That's my thoughts. I was happy they wrapped everything up. Uh, or most of the wrapping up. The whole thing with um, Mika still avoiding uh, his daily duties and Koki having to chase after him. 
So I think that, that was really well done and very necessary. Also, no, it was another scene. Yeah, it was a different scene with Mika, but another little cute nod to the other things. I think when Mika was talking to somebody, he make, he does like a haiku or something, and you hear uh, uh, Izumi no Kami Kanesada, and I just kind of out and kind of fell over for about three seconds, and I was like, all right, we're all good. <laughs> yeah. I think he was talking to Toshi, and he's like, it. I learned haikus from Izumi no Kami <laughs> Kanesada. <laughs> and we're just like, just... stop. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning other sword children that are probably yes. chilling at the Citadel going, okay. Or Miho Tose <laughs> could have been going on exactly at this point, and that's why Ishikimaru wasn't there. We don't oh, know. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that would make a lot of sense too, which would hurt a lot. Just imagine everyone coming home at the same time and be like, so what have you been doing? Don't ask. Y'all, y'all, these could have been the expeditions. Oh. Um, okay. Don't. It, the three I, different I, units I, I, out at the same time. Sorry. Uh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick up my breadsticks, shove them in my purse, and leave. Um, I can't handle them. Right now. <laughs> oh, um, but no, Miyotose group was supposed to be an expedition group that got stuck because yeah. of the History Retrograde Army. And then uh, Ishikinimaru as captain was like, all right, we have to stay. So it would make uh, that team two. Worked on expedition was going on while this was going on so <sighs> and honestly baka 10 could have been an expedition too no nah, i think it was could a regular guess, mission no because remember the yeah 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 because yeah, we never had that whole captain thing in uh, miyotose it was just like all right go like we have to do this i don't even think the master was no, the master was only in it when Ishikimaru was recounting the scenes. Yeah. That was about it. So, yeah. Expedition so, um, front lines. I, I actually had a thought when um, we were talking about um, Mikazuki wanting to do things himself. And it reminded me of um, Ishikimaru because didn't he want to, like, deal with the... This, there was someone who wanted to commit suicide. Yes. Nobuyasama. Yeah. And he wanted to do it himself as well. Shh. Okay, look you. <laughs> I'm sorry. This it hurts. was a connection I made. I was like, oh, oh no. I, I, I have to share Sanjo this with the class no. now. Sanjo babies, no. The Sanjo babies just want to hold their hurt to themselves. They all do. Like, it's, it's a thing. They just, they don't want to hurt do. other people. So they try and hold it in. But what the few smart ones in the groups know is that it's better to share the pain. Don't keep it inside. They need to share yeah, that pain a... and go home. <laughs> go home, baby. Was, wasn't that in Bakuten as well? Uh, with um, with Nagasone and Hakitsuka? Well, yes. I was over there just being like, Sake? Sake. <laughs> Happy child. You have a good boy, Marissa. I have a good boy, but my good boy might break a little bit in this current musical. Heck if I know, because it's going to probably be the death of Hiji Katatoshi, though. I am not looking forward to that. that is Apparently he gets tied up to a post at some point, so that'll be fun to see. 
<laughs> the Hanabana joke. Hori. Remember the scene with the Hori. <laughs> what? Okay. Oh, um. <laughs> There's a picture. I'll see if I can find it. Okay, you're sending yeah. that to me later. <laughs> yeah, but... that's that's a thing for later. Back to Tsuomono. <laughs> also, wrap up scene. Musicals first, Kiwame. Musicals first, Kiwame. I'm really happy that it's Imano. It makes the most sense that it would be Imano since he's gone through the most, the longest journey out of most of the swords that could be Kiwame that they have in their crew. And he's kind of had a similar coming to everything as Sayo did in, um, Akatsuki. It was the second one that he went out in. It was in Akatsuki. Yeah. It was, yeah. And his having, him having the whole um, revelation going off and emo noise as well. So, yay! I'm really happy they're doing that. So, is he going to be Kiwame in a musical at the end of the year? Or is he going to show up in Shinkan Rabusai as Kiwame? They're probably going to do it in a musical, because why would they do it in Shinkan Rabusai, which is just their big old concert of fun times? We probably won't get it for a while, though, because we the next thing we have with Imano in it is just a redone, a rerun of Atsukashiyama. The one in Paris? Yep. Yes, Paris, but then also Tokyo. Can can I can I express my um final scene ex- like feelings? Oh please, no you can't, Alexi. Yes, please do. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, guess guess I'll die. Um, current mood throughout the entire musical. Basically, <laughs> actually, um, so there was the um Benki and um Yoshitsune. They were walking, and then I I was crying through that. And then, like, there was a period where I stopped for, like, three seconds. And then I just started crying again when Imano Tsurugi was going on Kiwame. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I have to stop. And then I looked at the timer. And then I realized, oh, wait, there's a live after this. And then I had to literally pause it so I could stop crying again. There was a lot of tears. (laughs) Some of them were happy. Some of them were sad. Others were just me expressing emotions in ways that needed to be let out but there were tears and i hope imano has a fun trip because he can kiwame there but he's not going to be kiwame in my citadel for at least another year (laughs) with love still trying to oh relatable I think that's a great segue in, though. We're going to talk about the live now. Yeah. Yay! Sarah's favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, low-key, kind of, (laughs) yeah. Okay, so what did you like about the live? There were so many scenes. So first off, I like the fact the lives are so happy and their costumes are hilarious and beautiful and i love the tulip dresses um <laughs> that <Marissa is> gonna <laughs> die. Uh, 
disgruntled oh. whale noises in the background. <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. I have a gripe with a lot of the outer outfits for the live show. Why is my baby a pirate in the second one? Why are there tulip dresses? <laughs> Who uses um what is it? Who uses uh oh my god suede? Velvet? Velvet and suede. I'm sorry. Yes, velvet and suede are really nice materials to use. They're very expensive. They're really pretty to touch and they're really cool to look at. They're really bad in lighting because they shine and it looks cheap. No matter how expensive your velvet's gonna be, it's gonna look cheap. I'm sorry. And of course, they're wearing velvet in the recent musicals again. I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? I know you have a better budget than this because Kogi actually has a decent wig and your stage was beautiful this entire time. But no, <laughs> I have to go and do that. I love their second outfits. I always love that the middle outfits of the musicals, especially this one with the kimono sleeves. It's really pretty. But I'm always really happy when the first song ends because they always rip the first outer closing off. <laughs> All right, Sarah, continue. That is Marissa's gripe on the costume. <laughs> Rant over. Come back to me in a minute, real quick. Okay. Um, the world I on your car. <laughs> oh no. I honestly like the tulip dresses too. I I love the whole outfit from like the bottom layer to the outer layer. Like I I low-key high-key really want to make Mikazuki's whole thing um yes. yeah right like what, what, what's boy? happening I don't know what's happening to me um it's just really flowy and really pretty but also watching the the performance of Be In Sight it really it hit me like Higekiri looks like a vampire <laughs> the one text I got. <laughs> he looks like a vampire, and I'm like, he might be. I needed to tell that to somebody. I was like, with that cape thing, with that shrug thing, and the way his eyes are done, and his hair, and just his face, I, everything about him just kind of screamed vampire to me. <laughs> My little observation came from... um. New drinking game, use water, not anything else. Um, how many times Hizamaru touches his belt? Take a drink. I picked <laughs> up on that. And I'm like, do you need a new belt? I, I, can't, I can't find you one because you keep grabbing at it as if your pants are falling. And I'm getting concerned. Well, all the sake is apparently gone. There are some really great songs from this one, too. I absolutely adored Kogitane's solo. Well, I... Because, speaking of drinking games, <laughs> and was Iwana Tsurugi and Iwatoshi's song about, like, something to do with drinking? I'm really confused about the intro with Benkei. Uh... Yeah. But I love that uh, song. It's a great it. song. I love it. Cute. And she's just 
cute. Like, one of the happiest duets I think we've had, and it just makes my day. Yeah, it's definitely one of the happier duets. Like, prologue from Bakuten. They're, but it's even happier than prologue. I think just because of Imano's energy that he brings into it. To be honest, though, I think if anything annoyed me about it, it was probably Imano Tsurugi. Wait, what bothered you? Imano Tsurugi. Why? Like, he is a precious child, and he's a precious jumping bean, and I love his character. But he was much, much more over the top than usual. It's a coping mechanism. Let him have it. I guess. It's just his voice was a lot more shrill, I think. Mm. And a lot more crackly. And his eyes, like his eyes were not that intense last time. I think he really practiced making his facial expressions even more exaggerated. But they didn't need to be. I don't know. I felt he did a really good job of being hyperspeed Imono Suzuki. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but overall, I really liked the music from this live. It was, I, I think their live music has just gotten exponentially better, um, starting with Miho Tose, because even though it's not my favorite plot-wise musical, it's it's a good it's a good story. It's not my favorite, but the uh, <laughs> the I love the music from that live. Like I when I put my phone on shuffle for my Token Rambu playlist, I usually will skip over. Bless Atsukashiyama. It was it started everything and it's solid. But a lot of the live music is just very cheesy, and I'm um, not the biggest fan of some of the music, like Ogesa, and you're like, uh, it's not my favorite, but I will listen to Miho Tose live music all the time, and I can see myself once we get the CD um, listening to this one. These songs on repeat a lot. They're really good. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to disagree. <gasps> Rip Sarah. I, if I were to rank the musical live, Sarah's a robot. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, little background right now on Sarah. Sarah's in a car because she doesn't have wifi, good Wi Fi at home or nothing at all. And it's the only place she can get signal to do anything. And it is currently raining and thunderstorming. So there's probably a really bad feedback right now while she's stuck in the car. So. Poor Sarah. Uh, Try again. Maybe. If you can hear us, blink twice. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. While Sarah is suffering in the car, I'm going to go ahead and, and continue my thought. Because as far as lives go, Tsuomono, I think, is at the top. I love Tsuomono. Then it's a really hard tie between Bakaten and Atsukashiyama. But Miho Tose is definitely at the bottom. 
as far as like overall lives go, I have songs from each of them that like make up my top live song list. Like I can't, I have to include Nameless Fighter and Don't Worry. Those are definitely needed. But yeah, Rip Me Otose for me. I I still haven't rewatched it since the first time I watched it, to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to be so honest. I, I've considered only watching the live again, but, you know, I, I'm like, nah, I should probably just rewatch it all full. But when it goes to lives, I think, because there's the two I really don't remember would be um, Bakuten and um, Mihotose, because I just don't remember them. I've only seen them both respectively once. No, I've no, I saw um, Bakuten twice because I was watching it when I was studying for Japanese. And I was like, wait, we only got like 30 seconds of all these songs that like were my favorite, like Heart to Heart. That's my alarm tone. And I was <laughs> shook. I was really shook and I was kind of sad. And I'm like, oh. But, but the first one. Much love, very love. I like the little marching thing they did before mistake because mistake, just like my life, and and I love mistake. Yeah. I love y'all, but Mia Tose deserves love. <laughs> you live. Hey. I live hey! <laughs> I'm standing outside, so have fun with this. Yes. <laughs> this is fine. I heard y'all killing Miyotose and my heart is dying. It's fine. Fine. I'll just I'll just cherish the good babies. It's okay. It's okay. We're not saying that we don't love them. We're just saying that it's not <laughs> top tier for us. Yeah. You know I have issues with speed. Um, we're not bringing up the speed conversation, please. No, speed is a good, wholesome boy. Thank you, Lexi. They are all good, wholesome boys. We do not, we we love and appreciate all the good boys, just some more than others. And I'm the biased one over here. I'm the biased one over here who's like, Bakuten is best. Bakuten live is life, okay? Bakuten is life. There is no denying that. I I can't watch Bakuten because my mom doesn't really like Hachiska. That's so sad. I know. It makes me sad whenever I think about it. And I don't want to say her nickname for him, but it hurts. He's just Golden Elf. Golden Elf. Golden Boy. You know. Saint Seiya. <laughs> Current Saint mood. Forever mood. <laughs> anyway, for this life, how did we feel about this life? Can I please, please, yes. please? Oh, goodness. Please do. I died this live. I loved it immensely because A, the whole B Insight came back, which was one of my favorite songs in Jigen 2017. But I love how they made so many references to the other blades. So, for instance, the whole scene where, like, Kizamaru comes out and, of course, his brother's like, Who are you? Ishikimaru. And so you have the whole Aoa, which is one of my all-time favorite songs reference, where he's like, Oh, okay. And so you see the other blades, like, die, like, Oh, Ishikimaru-san! 
that gave me so much life to see. So, so, so right there, he's not saying that he's Ishikirimaru. He, they got help. They got help from Ishii. Really? That makes me yes. happier. Okay, that that's cute. Ishikirimaru helped them practice. And Kogi did too, actually. But, yeah, because they're like, oh, we're, yeah, we're completely fine. We like the spotlight. We're, we're the treasured swords of the Genji clan. Like, we can do this. <laughs> Plus, we got help along the way. And he he is like, yeah, from that one sword, what was his name? And he he's just like, Ishikirimaru. That just like, me oh, sense. yes. And so then they, they, like, they start copying him. And he's like, yeah, he's very serious when he's not dancing. But you get him to start dancing. And then he just started doing the bouncy AOAOA thing. <laughs> and then Mikazuki like mimics the gohe movement that Ishii does and just all the love. Especially because if you notice in Shinken Rambu Side 2017, Ishiki Maru and like Mikazuki have that whole little scene where they're going back and forth across the stage with their with the towels, <laughs> essentially yeah. doing the gohe movements against each other. So seeing that scene is just so magical and I love their relationship in this. Agreed. But there's also other stuff that happened. Just like for instance, I thought it was really interesting the scene where they instead of, when they're setting up for their oh Lord, <laughs> Jesse. Oh Otokomichi. Ah, Kanki no Hana, their version of Otokomichi. The Thank same you. one for Mihotose, actually. Thank you. Because you know it would not go well if I try <laughs> to say that one. Um, but when they were setting up for that, I thought it was really fascinating that they did the whole thing with Yoshitsune doing a sword dance thing instead of like always it's just been the drums or something random. But seeing that was just like so powerful because it did tie everything together. For me. So I thought that was really nice. Yeah, I really appreciated the connection to Mihotose and I'm kind of sensing a theme where we have the like... The, we had Otokomichi for Atsukashiyama and Bakaten. And for Mihotose and Tsuomono, we had Kanki no Hana. So what are we going to have for five? And six? And just, yeah. By the way, we don't know a six yet. Just throwing that out there. Yes. Any final thoughts on the live? Did anyone else find it interesting to see how they put that sake song at the end, though? Instead of, because it's usually the end of their whole, I'm not going to do that name again, Jesse. So insert the name that Jesse had to supply before um, the strip tea song. No, no. <laughs> yes, the strip tea song <laughs> for them. Or, or the Taiko song. Thank you, Taiko oh. song. Because poor yeah. Jesse dies every time I call it the stripper song. Um, <laughs> it makes all the sense it's the Taiko song. <laughs> they always have the historical figures playing the Taiko drums in the back mm -hmm. to draw it out while they change from their live outfits back to the swords. Uh, <laughs> or like, it's, well, it's that weird in between, but like, it goes on. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It's better than my struggles with the fact I can't pronounce names or remember names until I have looked at them repeatedly. <laughs> but yeah, did anyone else find it interesting to see how they did the whole, they went from the sake song to that little battle scene as, of course, Imano Sergi and Iwatoshi were changing? Because I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought it was really cool how they did that. It was a nifty transition. So were there any questions that did not get covered as we went into, as we wrap everything up? Any questions as we wrap up our general thoughts? All of the questions either got answered prior to this or just now during during the podcast. The one thing I was really curious about was, do we know any background on the change in actors for Yoritomo? Or was that just like, he didn't want to reprise his role because the actor is different? And I, I actually like him because it, he had happier vibe like the other one was a lot very severe and serious and I don't know I like Yoritomo I knew I forgot something in the beginning it's fine um yes actually there is a reason he did not reprise his role I did some digging and it turns out that Yoritomo's actor from Atsukashiyama Gensai and all the other things um he had to step down due to health reasons. And oh, no. Been very much excited to be part of Tua Monodomo and Shinken Rombusai 2017. Like, he was supposed to be in all of it. And something happened, and there were no real details, just a blog announcement about it um, that was posted to Twitter from his staff, not even himself, that he got sick and had to step down and that they were very sorry and that he was very sad and that they were very sorry for making people worry or things like that and they wished the entire crew and cast like the best as they went about it so that was very sad to see actually hopefully he is okay and doing well getting better but there hasn't been any activity on at least on his twitter and blog since last November. Oh, wow. So he stepped down actually really soon before it was about to go down. So that that whole sudden actor change, I'm really impressed. He did really well. Our new Yoritomo. Wonderful understudy. Applause. Yes. Applause to this amazing Yoritomo. Yes. Anyone Some else? other interesting things I found out about the the staff and crew that worked behind it. The lyricists have been the same since day one. Along with the composers that I could tell and the uh, choreographer and who does the staging and the script writer. So like they're, it's all been done by the same people, which is really nice to see. They haven't really been changing. They've just been growing in their own talents, which is really cool. Because I've watched, um, I used to be into the Sailor Moon musicals and after, yeah, um, after a while they would start really changing directions at times. So they would, um, people would kind of switch in and out. Uh, so, I wasn't certain if this one was going to be the same or if it's been consistent because you can kind of tell um, choreograph choreography wise, it has pretty much been the same thing. I wasn't certain if it was like, oh, that's just how they do it because they've gotten so used to their characters that they 
do their movement certain ways, but it's like, no, they have the same choreographer and uh, uh, Tate person that they've had since the beginning. The music has a similar vibe through most of them, which is really nice. And I'm going to give massive applause to those, to the writers, because their ability to write has increased dramatically since that first show. We've seen them grow, like, there was a huge leap between Natsukashiyama to Bakaten, and then has just progressed since then. And tell, which is awesome. Hooray for growth! Yay! I will say it was also really interesting that, like, lyricist-wise, there were ten, ten, nine or ten lyricists for the live portion of Tsumono Domo. Oh, wow. Ga Yume no um, There aren't... There isn't that information for the others available readily online, so I could not double-cross this information with, like, Baka Ten or Mihotose just yet. But, yeah, um, that really surprised me. How many different people worked on these lyrics? <laughs> on these different songs? So I thought y'all might be interested in that, too. The more you know. <laughs> There's a lot of work that goes into these productions, and they all deserve their our respect, our support, our adoration. So whatever you can do to support the, the official releases, please do so. Because it... Every little bit counts. Because we all watched it through DMM's website, where you can find it. Do not live in Japan. As we've said before, go to type in to whatever search engine that you use, most likely Google. Type in how to DMM. And there is a wonderful guide uh, by a um, subber. She does a lot of. Uh, off subs for the musicals once they're released on DVD. So it takes her a little while, but uh, she has this wonderful guide that'll help you to uh, purchase and rent musicals for free. And I still believe that they have Azkashiyama, Bakaten, Miyohotose, and all of the stage shows on there as well. I think they're still in their archive. So we have in yes, including the Shinken Rambu size and Kashu's life. Yep, I have everything except the current musical, obviously. But there will be a I'm guessing there's going to be a live stream of that at some point. Actually, the live stream oh, happened okay. last week. Versus. That musical has now officially wrapped up and they are now resting Good. and re watching previous performances and just taking some time to reflect before their next performances. So whenever that is posted to DMM, we will let you guys know through our social media and we'll probably be doing another review on that like up here. Yes. Get ready for that. Probably, it will probably not happen until at least August or September because I'm gonna guess that's about the time DVD is released and it'll be on DMM's website. And our summer is very busy. Uh, 
two of our ramblers are actually out of the country for study abroad. So trying to get that all coordinated is going to be difficult. Uh, Sarah Yang Small will be, um, she'll be in Costa Rica. Costa Rica, yes, she'll be down in Central America. And Sarah Duncan will be going back to Greece again. So trying to organize like three, four different time zones is going to be a little difficult. It'll be so. interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it work somehow. We will, yes. we'll make it 3 a.m. wake up times. That's going to be fun. <laughs> we, we will see. Some of us might, it, they might be small podcasts this summer, especially uh, July. Especially July. But yeah, we will see. Um, is there anything else we want to go over? think that about wraps up our what we had planned to cover nothing more on my so as i stated before at the beginning of the podcast uh if you want to know more about us or keep up with uh a lot of the utopia Rambu news uh you can follow us on our podbean or or youtube where we'll be posting the podcasts or our twitter and facebook and keep up to date on all of the news that is going on in the token rambu world also brand new is we are have opened up our discord for the general public so if you want to kind of uh interact and talk with us on the daily you can go to discord.me slash token rambles and join the discord server it's uh i'm still learning how to discord at this point but um you will all be learning with me. Uh, so that is it for everything. So we will talk to you guys next time, the end of the month for our general May review of all the events that have gone on. All right. Bye, bye everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.